Welcome back to School of Thought. This is the fifth episode on the Hit the Books YouTube channel. As always, this is presented by Circa Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book at Circa. Experience big app bets, the highest limits, better money line splits with the lowest hold, best customer service in the industry, and more. Sports betting on the go has never been, bet been better. Now you can download, fund, and bet like a pro from anywhere in Nevada. Get your new book today at circasports.com. So let's get right into this. I'm recording late Thursday night, uh, fairly late, pretty big night of hoops this evening. But last week's episode, we took a look at Loyola, the Chicago, Chicago version, uh, a downright deplorable year for the Ramblers, but they were showing some signs in the distance of, of turning it around, relatively speaking. And since then, they've played three games. First one, well, they've, they've taken money in all three, but the first one against St. Joe's, we've closed around minus two. Back and forth the whole game, uh, tied with three or so minutes to go. And then SJU made a couple shots and Loyola couldn't match. But they did bounce back a couple nights later in Richmond as six and a half, seven point dogs covered, lost by three. Uh, they were right there the whole way. And then earlier this week went to Amherst, uh, open plus six or so, closed plus four, led the entire game uh, and won outright at UMass. So and then this is, as I said, this is late Thursday night. They're, they're playing Dayton at home Friday night. I took the plus eight, not too long after that opened. I think that's down around six and a half, seven, which seems probably around where it's going to close too. They just following this pattern of them taking money right when it opens. I think other people see uh, that they're still fairly underpriced. And despite three competent performances in a row, they haven't budged at all in Kenpom. They're still sitting in that 240 range. So it's not as if the, the value has been sucked out at all from this this decent week that they've had. So th there's been a bit of a zigzag pattern here with this uh, this series, you know, one buy and then a sell, a buy, a sell. So last week was a buy. I'm sticking with a buy this week. Team somewhat off the beaten path. And I've done very, very little with the OBC this year. Just thought uh, 363 teams. I'm covering almost everybody you know, from a betting standpoint, but I really haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the OBC, but I took a pretty deep look today. And it's a team that I liked in the non-con, uh, but as I said, kind of lost track of them. But digging back in, there, there's a lot to like here, and there's some very unique dynamics, unique to the OBC and unique to their circumstances. But Southern Indiana, in its inaugural D1 year, this ridiculous rule, of course, that I think everyone now is familiar with, Teams making the transition to D1 are not eligible for the NCAA tournament. And that continues for several years. There's teams this year, I believe Merrimack in the NEC is still ineligible. They've been in D1 for four or five years. Bellarmine uh, last year was the big example, of course, who won the ASUN and couldn't go to the dance because of this archaic rule. But Southern Indiana in the OBC, where there is no dominant team, I mean, we took a take a look at the up-to-date standings after tonight's games. Moorhead is almost certainly going to be the top seed at 11-4 with three games left. And then it is just so goddamn muddled in here in this next group of teams. But this, everyone's pretty much playing for something because the way it's structured, only eight teams make it. And there's 10 teams in the conference. So, you know, as of right now, Lindenwood, Little Rock, EIU, those three teams are, are going to be fighting for those, those final spots. But it's also a big deal because and this has been the format for, for years, from what I recall in the OBC. And it was pretty much always Murray and Belmont here with this double buy. But 
you know, Moorhead is going to get one of these. And then uh, Southern Indiana, going to be tough for them to get to the two, but they have a lot to play for with the initial buy just to get into the quarters. So I, I really like this idea of them following something of a Bellarminian path. Uh, this motivation, kind of the fuck you attitude that Bellarmine had last year. Yeah, you're not going to allow us in, but we're going to wreck shit on the way and really make this a disaster for the conference. And it's not just that. It's that, I mean, at least according to shot quality, all these teams, for the most part, uh, the exception of you know the, the dregs at the bottom here, uh, USI and Edwardsville, pretty clearly the two best teams by shot quality ranking. And USI is also the most underrated relative to uh, its shot quality versus Ken Palm rating. The thing I like the most, this is the best shot-making team in the league, a top 25 shot-making team in the country. And they're coached by a guy who, it, it's not surprising that they have shitty shot selection, but elite shot-making because he played for Bruce Pearl 20-something years ago at USI. And Bruce Pearl, I think as we all know, is famous for letting his guards take any goddamn shot they want. Uh, but he often has guards who are just elite shot makers. And in, as we get into March, I'll, I'll talk about this a lot in different formats, written, Twitter, video, whatever it is. You give me the choice between a really good shot selection team and a really good shot making team. Unlike most of the season, I actually want the elite shot making team because the games tighten up, they slow down. Uh, as you get further into your conference tournament or further into the NCAA tournament, you run into defenses who can were optimized to really limit your ideal shot selection. So you need some motherfuckers who can hit shots. Uh, it's not just about getting quality looks because a lot of those are going to be taken away. You need dudes who, at the end of the shot clock, can, can make something happen. And USI has that. It's a very unique style. Uh, the OVC is a fast, fast league. It's the second fastest conference by tempo in the country. So these games can have some pretty wild swings, and they play a style that's conducive to that. I like the idea of them as the chaos team in the OBC tournament. And I like the idea uh, these last couple games of the regular season of them really locking in and have something to play for. They know at this point that they're not, no matter what happens, they're not going to uh, the big dance. But, you know, I, I get the sense that this team just is in a position to cause some problems. So three regular season games left. They're going to be a fairly small dog at SEMO. Doesn't really scare me. Uh, projected six-point favorite against 10 Tech and then a small dog at Tennessee State in the finale. I mean, this is going to be really, really tight over the next week and a half in terms of seeding. Uh, there's some – like many of the smaller conferences now over these next couple of weeks, we have to keep a really close eye on who is playing for what because motivation in these situ- – every year, I, you know, I feel like the, the more you pay attention to this, the better spot you'll be in because the books aren't picking up on the stuff. They're doing what they've done all year, which is they slap up the Ken Palm projection and they call it a day. Uh, they don't give a shit about scenarios. But if you look ahead of time and see, look, this team is already locked into the three seed or this team is already locked into the seven seed or wh- whatever it may be, you can sometimes gain an advantage. So that's true. You know, th- this isn't necessarily just a point about Southern Indiana, but a point about the OBC and a couple of the other smaller leagues in general moving forward. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out with them, this is from Evan Mia, has this, and I've referenced this a few times, as have other people, but his very unique proprietary kill shot ranking, a kill shot as he defines it, is a run of 10, 10 consecutive points or more, either by the offense or given up by your defense. 
Uh, as I said, the OVC is really fast. So you get some pretty wild swings from game to game. But Southern Indiana has the lowest kill shots allowed this year of any conference team. Only 0.3 allowed per game. I think that really matters because of the way that they can string together big-time shots. Uh, if they just stay in games, they they should be right there at the end, even against a team like Moorhead, who's probably on paper theoretically a couple points better. I really like the fact that they're not just going to get buried. Uh, you know, caught. They're, they're going to be playing fast, but they're not going to get buried by the opponent. Opponent uh, getting hot in a hurry. So this one is this one is weird, just because it's a league I haven't paid that much attention to. But they really do check a lot of boxes, and I like the fact that there's this discrepancy. We've talked about this on previous episodes of you know a, a 34 spot difference, like. Theoretically, what does that mean from a power ranking point of view? That's probably two and a half, three points. So clearly undervalued. Uh, if the motivation is what I think it is moving forward, I like them in these three games over the next week, assuming we can get the numbers that are, are projected right now. And then we'll see where the chips fall in the OVC tournament. I'm not sure how, I don't remember how they did it last year with Bellerman, where the books, I don't know if they said it's the team that wins the tournament for futures or if they said it's the team that gets the auto bid. So we'll have to check. It might, they could vary by book, but if OVC odds come out and the price is right and they're not fucking you on, you know, the ridiculous hold percentage that they often do with these, these tournaments, uh, USI could be a team worth looking at for a future as well. So a short episode this week, just one team to look at, but it's one, you know, all of a sudden, I, if you're not paying attention to this league, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the prospects for this particular team. So as always, thank you for watching this episode of Hit the Books presented by Circus Sports. Bet like the pros with the world's largest sports book at Circus Sports. Experience big app bets, better money line splits, best customer service, and more. Download your new book today at circusports.com. Till next week, take care.